Sholem Aleichem. Welcome to the Schmooze. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Loli Cantor. Loli is an Israeli-American fine art and a documentary photographer whose work centers in culture and community. Her photography has been exhibited in the United States and internationally. Her work has garnered numerous awards and is included in museum collections such as the Museum of Fine Arts, Houston, Live National Museum in Ukraine, the Harry Ransom Center at the University of Texas in Austin, the Center for Fine Art Photography in Colorado, as well as numerous institutions and private collections in the United States and abroad. She was born in Paris, France, and raised in Tel Aviv, Israel, and immigrated to the United States in 1984 and has since lived in Fort Worth, Texas. Lily's exhibit, Beyond the Forest, Jewish Presence in Eastern Europe is currently on view in the Yiddish Book Center's Breckner Gallery. Welcome. Thank you. So lovely Thank to have a, a chance to speak with you. I know we um, had a crazy visit when you were here doing the install for the exhibit, which looks right. fantastic, uh, and then a few days together at the um, museum conference, which was delightful. But now, yes, it was. now we have a chance to talk about your work. So Tell me how you came to this body of work. So first of all, Lisa, thank you for this conversation. I'm really happy to be talking with you. Um, so the work evolved from a short visit to Poland uh, where I went for some personal research and to spend some time in, in Poland um, in a volunteer project in Krakow. And... Uh, it evolved into just an interest and in, in the opportunity to visit in Ukraine and to um, visit the communities, the living communities there, and to learn about them. And then from a very short initial visit, it evolved into an eight-year project. Wow. And you referred to, and I'll quote you on this, the fragile renewal of Jewish life in Eastern Europe in the 21st century. So tell me a little bit about what that fragile renewal is and what you discovered while you were photographing this work. So by the word fragile, I mean that uh, if you look at those communities, they're, they're, um, you know, the numbers are, the, the number of the survivors or those communities that, that survive are are small, and the number of the people within the, each community is very small, relating to what was there before the war. So, and also the age of the, of the communities is middle age and old age, and few young uh, people or children. You don't really see many children, so it's not like a thriving um, community that we have in in our communities wherever we are in the West, but it's, it's remaining communities that are uh, fragile in that they really are struggling to maintain or to, um, to uh, celebrate their identity as Jews. And so they um, have direction with that, they have help with that from both um, people from um, the religious sector in Israel and in uh, the United States, as well as non-Jews who are instrumental in preserving Jewish culture. 
And, and you talk, in those communities. You talk about that, and I think you've conveyed it so beautifully in some of the photographs. I mean, just um, what is the, the title is um, Egg Salad Passover? Is that... Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, there's the Passover table, and there's the Shabbos, and yeah. they're, they're just very lovely, yeah. um, intimate, but celebratory scenes that you've dropped in on. And it looks as though yeah. these are part of, very much woven into the life of these residents. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they are. I mean, you know, it's very important for them to celebrate the holidays as a community, and so they have um, gatherings. I try to to schedule my visits in in those communities to times when there's a holiday that's more than a week long or a week long or so, so that I can go to several communities during the period of that holiday. So Passover was one of them. And uh, as you see, yeah, it's uh, surrounding the Seder and how different communities do it and who helps them with that and who conducts the Seder. And that that was very um, interesting. Some of it was surprising to me in the way they did it and um, and very endearing in terms of the, the um, communities uh, celebrating. And, and it seems that you were really invited in by these subjects and by the community at large. And... It feels as though I don't know. It like it allows us, the viewer, to enter this scene. And I wonder, how did you place yourself in these works? <laughs> well, uh, in terms of myself inside the photograph, or myself inside the theater, or the celebration. Um, I think all yeah. of it, sort of, as the viewer, as a photographer. Um, yeah. What were you What were you exploring um, there? Well, I was. I w- I'm a visual person, so I was exploring um, what I saw. <laughs> you know, what I saw, the people in the room, the room, what was on the table, what kind of food is served, um, and uh, interesting faces um, in the room. And then um, because I went back to the same communities over and over, I developed a personal relationship with them. So it's not like I just... I was mm-hmm. there one time for the holiday, and they never saw me again. Uh, I typically would visit these these people knew me before, and I asked permission to come to the Seder, and I was invited to come, and um, and so I had access because I was sitting at the table. I had really good access to photograph it and to photograph the table and what was going around and to move freely around the room, and I try not to be intrusive or um, um, in, inappropriate for the, um, you know, for the rituals. If there were rituals that I was not supposed to be photographing, I asked permission first. Um, for example, there is a photograph, and I don't know, it's not in the exhibition, but mm-hmm. it's actually included in my presentation, on Yom Kippur in one of the communities in Borislav that I asked permission to, um, I was there and they gave me permission to photograph during Yom Kippur, and I did. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I was just part of the room. I was part of the people there, um, and they also knew my background, and um, I had people that introduced me to them and initially, and 
so that's how I developed a relationship with them. And, and the exhibit includes both um, works in color and black and white palladium prints, I believe, correct? Right, right. And um, in the way that we have it exhibited here at the center is that there's uh, th that the work spans two galleries. And I was so struck by the intimacy um, of the works, as we you know call it, the upper gallery, both the size, mm -hmm. which seems so deliberate, and the images themselves. I mean, they're just you feel mm -hmm. like you're it's timeless, and yet um, you know that this is a contemporary scene. I wondered if you right. could just speak a little bit about what that series represents for yeah. you. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for giving me these for letting me have my work in these two separate galleries because it's actually the optimal situation for this work to be presented this way. And so it was it was actually perfect. And um the the color of the walls added so much to the to the work itself uh presented there. So the upper gallery where I where I decided to put the palladium works is a small nice intimate space and uh the works themselves are small they're done in film and printed uh they're contact prints so the print is the size of the negative and uh they're I did that deliberately because uh of the size of the print which I I really like the small uh image that requires you have to come closer to look at it and it's intimate it's like a photo album it's timeless and it gives another layer to the story of the areas that were photographed and the Jews, those communities that were photographed. Um, so the, the, the work in color just gives a, a, a whole different uh, feel. It gives much more of a presence now. Uh, um, it has very saturated colors, which gives it more of a contemporary and... Um, feel right but the palladium gives a, a second or even a third deeper layer i think also as an artist i i enjoyed working in this way um because it's a time it takes time to make those it's to apply the materials onto the paper and to develop it uh, etc the whole process takes time so i felt that I really needed that time with these uh, negatives, with these images, and creating that. And um, they just seem precious and and timeless, as you know, you're, you're also saying. <laughs> um, and so the space really um, is, allows all that also. So the, the way the exhibit is presented really helps the work. Um, to be interpreted, I think, well, by the viewer. Well, I think the the, the work is so strong that um, even if it was in one gallery, mm -hmm. the viewer would be encouraged. Um, and Thank you. you've documented these communities. Yeah. Um, yeah. And these are Jewish communities, not right. um, not exclusively Jewish communities. But um, yes. how do you think that your Jewish roots figure into the way that yes. you've observed and and captured these yes. images yes definitely definitely it, it had something to do with that 
I mean, as much as I, I try to sort of say to myself at the beginning, no, I'm not documenting it as a Jewish, as a Jew documenting Jewish people. Uh, this is a generic, this is a humanitarian project. It's not only about that, but I really could not separate the two at all. And when I presented, when I was presented to these communities by people, the way it happened was that uh, I had a, a Polish uh, woman who knew, uh, who had contacts in Ukraine in the humanitarian, in a humanitarian organization there. And she made the initial contacts for me. And we traveled together the first time in 2005 and visited some of these communities uh, through their leaders, local leaders, heads of these communities. And they made um, individual contacts with people. They saw that I would have interest in meeting, and we had interviews with them. And uh, she translated for me and documented what they said, and I photographed. That's how the setting was. And I didn't photograph immediately. I went in, and then I would sort of, you know, have tea and with them, and we talked, and then the next time I would photograph them. Um, but it, it definitely, you know, she would present me as 100% Jew and a daughter of Holocaust survivors, and for them it was very important, and they opened up. You know, they opened up to me, and they were very uh, hospitable and welcoming me to their to their life and um, and then when I I expanded it also I met some of the uh, religious leaders and that's where I really felt like you know in the past when I grew up in Israel I, I really was not involved at all with the ultra religious uh, sector of, of the Jewish community in Israel it was uh, it was sort of you know, holidays, and I would just go and sit outside the synagogue with my friends, and that's how we we conducted holidays the way I grew up. And but then meeting the the people that really make the you know that really are uh, the center of of changes or um, um, keeping uh, Jewish life alive there. It was a new thing for me, and I, at the beginning, felt a bit uncomfortable, but then I, be, I got to know them, and they got to know me, and we felt very comfortable um, with each other. And many of the images, um, there's an image in the Palladium Gallery of uh, a diptych of two rabbis dancing, oh, that's and it was so after beautiful. a prayer. And it, thank you. Um, and, you know, to get this photograph, I, I do not use, uh, zoom lenses or so. I stood with a tripod with a big camera, and they knew I was taking photos of them. And so the relationship with them really allowed for much more um, uh, intimate and, and realistic uh, viewpoint of what I saw. And that was because of the comfort that I felt with them and they felt with me. Which is, I think, so apparent in all of the work is Thanks. your yeah your ability to yeah um, relate to these people and to present them in such a beautiful way, um, which makes these moments so special um, that you've that you've caught in your lens. It's great. And I guess the other question I have is: Did you over the eight years that you were working on this, did you discover the story that you were looking to tell, or did it change and twist and evolve along the way? Well, it it kind of took different 
angles because at the when I first went, I thought I would just you know go for a year or two back and forth and photograph a few things. But then there were stories that were taking place and were unfolding, and I and that's why I kept going back because I wanted to document those stories that were unfolding. Um, and so yeah, things changed and unfolded, and you also make more contact and you meet more people which it's almost hard to stop this project because things are still happening now as we speak um, but they did they did take twists and turns and then the sad part of it was that uh, many of the people in the photograph uh, have passed away already so they're no, they're no longer alive and and it becomes um, Actually, I feel now that the work is it's taking another turn because now it's becoming um, documentation of people who are gone. It's I think taking a different shape, and I haven't quite this, you know, I haven't quite. Um, um, I'm I'm not there yet to really feel the the uh, power of of this or not the power may not be the right word or the the strength of the reality of these people this generation that is passing on um, but i did feel like as a second generation that documenting this is a huge privilege for me and and as a second generation understanding uh what they went through more you know and or feeling it feeling their experiences and feeling their um, their life and telling that story was important to me. Well, so. um, we thank you for telling that story, um, and you tell it so beautifully. Um, again, the work is Beyond the Forest, Jewish Presence in Eastern Europe. It's currently on view in the Yiddish Book Center's Breckner Gallery in Amherst, Massachusetts. Loli will be at the Yiddish Book Center to deliver a gallery talk on Sunday, April 30th at 11 a.m., which is part of our annual community open house. And her book, Beyond the Forest, Jewish Presence in Eastern Europe, is available both in the Yiddish Book Center's on-site bookstore or at shop.yiddishbookcenter.org. Uh, you can learn more about the exhibit and the upcoming talk at YiddishBookCenter.org. Loli, thank you again. We so look forward to welcoming you back here on April 30th and um, hope that you're keeping up and working on new projects. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa. My pleasure. Okay, be well, and we'll talk to you again soon. You've been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. To learn more about this podcast and to subscribe, visit our website, YiddishBookCenter.org. This episode is produced by me, Alexa Sewing. And until next time, be well and be healthy.